pointing out, you know, he brought up the question that has been brought up here before. If the elders, if the leaders, if those who are pillars in the church, pillars in your life, pillars in your family were suddenly snatched away from you and you were faced with having to believe what you say you believe here in this church, if you were faced with having to continue to preach on the street, if you were faced with having to continue to come here and continue to have church, if you were faced with having to lead your family all along with no one to guide you except for the Lord Jesus, would you continue to do it or would you drop the ball? And I believe it was just confirmation of what God wants to say here tonight. The Bible says, let him that, that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. It's a dangerous hour. And the Bible says, it talks about it, and I'm fixing to get ahead of myself. But in Proverbs chapter 7, it says that harlot, he's taken out many a strong man. That's right. That's right. Amen. While the bright lights and the trinkets of the world allure some. And I've drawn away even some from our midst. And it's a danger, friend. I do believe, especially any of us, all of us here tonight, and especially some of you who are younger, the devil will paint a very pretty picture. Right. He'll tell you that you should leave. You should do whatever your soul desires. He'll paint it to look like it's a nice and wonderful picture. But I want you to know the Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard. Right. Amen. Amen. Don't be deceived. Right. Yes, Jeremiah and Sarah, they're miserable here tonight. Yes, sir. Haley Gaharan is miserable. She might have hardened her conscience. She may not feel it. Jeremiah and them, they've hard, they're hardening their conscience. They may come to a point where they won't feel it, but they're miserable apart from Jesus. Right. Right. And they will continue to be miserable right. and grow more and more miserable. Jeremiah was talking to me the other day, and he was, you know, considering it a life thing. That there was a man there who gets convicted because he doesn't drink. And the guy calls himself a Christian and drinks. And Jeremiah doesn't drink. And he sees Jeremiah not drinking. And he goes, and my says, I'm not, my rightfully so. And it says that I'm not right with God. And he says, the guy, he, he gets so convicted. He gets, he just gets so troubled. He's like, man, I, I mean, you're not, you say you're not a Christian, but you're better than me. And I rebuked him. I, I said, Jerry, that's terrible. You can be a testimony to that man. That man can get born again if you're right with God. But instead, you're hanging out with people like that. And eventually, you'll join them drinking probably. And soon, you'll be in the same place they are. And oh, of course, the devil will give you a good job with them. And get you tangled up with that world so deep that when you do decide, uh-oh, I need to go back to Jesus because things are falling apart. It's going to cost you far more. That's right. Gospel truth. Yep. He just seemed to think it was, oh no. I mean, yeah, I should get born again, but just moved on to a different subject. Right. Yep. Can't run from God forever. Right. And while the bright lights have drawn away some from our midst, another danger, even greater perhaps, looms in the shadows to snatch up any slothful and simple young man or person. Boy, woman, girl, man who refuses to fully give themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. The harlot of Proverbs chapter 7 is ever lurking to cause you to stray from the narrow way 
and to question its straightness. It seems like more than ever, the cry in this hour, the, 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 the thing that beats constantly and continually, I think every one of you can tell me somewhere at some time in your spirit it may be, it may be from family members that are lost, it may be from religious people, but whatever it may be, there's always this just, just, you don't have to be that hard. You don't have to be this straight. Do you have to be that straight? Do you have to be that narrow? Do you have to get that much conviction? No, you don't. You can, that's just Brother Britt. That's just so, so, and so seeing it that way. Maybe so and so isn't as bad as we think. Maybe this isn't the way they say it is. You listen to me. They're lies from the devil. It's the harlot seeking to get you just off the narrow path. Right. Come to my bedroom. I've decked my bed with aloes and the smell of Egypt. And friend, before you know it, you'll find their steps lead to hell. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I don't have any <laughs> Praise God. But the Bible says in that same chapter, let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. You see, it's not, it don't begin with your feet stepping off the path. It begins in the heart for him. It's that down in that heart. You quit praying. You quit fellowshipping with the real Jesus. You quit talking to him. I was talking to Brother Preston the other day. We had a little picture. We were up together. He was just talking about, I can't imagine how you backslide. But friend, you get caught up in the things of this life. You quit talking to him. And sooner or later, the devil can put on a mask and look real close. And you'll be like, wait, uh, that is Jesus. I do know him. And you'll be so duped, you won't even know what happened. That's right. Come on. Amen. You better keep talking to the real Jesus. Yes, you better fellowship right. But I believe this is what God would say to us here tonight. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk ye therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls, friend. I promise you here tonight, if we'll do that, as this gen we're a second generation of Christians. Brother Preston, he's a first generation, but he's inheriting, so to speak, the same truth that we've gotten from our parents. And I want you to know we're going to go and stand like they've stood so far. And if we're going to go any further than they've gone in this way, friend, then what we're going to have to do is continually stand in the way, in that narrow way, and say, I will not be moved. I'm going to set my face like a flint, and I'm going to walk with Jesus. No matter what everybody does around me, I'm going to ask for the old path. I don't care if I'm old-fashioned, Pentecostal, how, whatever you want to call me. I'm going to do the will of God no matter what. Yes, sir. And walk there. And the Bible says you'll find rest. You know, that's, but you know where the children of said? We're not going to walk there. That's the problem. People are rebels. They don't want to do it God's way. Right. God wants us to encourage us to stay here tonight. You know where we're working right now? There's a platform we're working on, and uh, you can get up about, I don't know, 100 feet. That, that's what Wesley said. I, I'm kind of still bad at telling how tall things are, but we're way up in the air, and a long way. You don't want to fall. That's all I know. <laughs> and, uh, well, you can, you can see for miles, and you can see that mighty Mississippi River. I'm telling you, 
today. There was a point where I was working. I looked out and I saw that Mississippi River. And I'm telling you, just one of those moments where God began to talk to me. Amen. And I tell you, I could have jumped and ran and ran all the way around the structure. Wesley should have asked me to do something then because I would probably going to do 100 miles an hour. Uh -huh. But, you know, like that mighty Mississippi River headed for its final destination in the Gulf. So there is a great tide of evil, and it's flowed to the land. You listen, the other day we went down to the, is that the home of Chitta? And Preston tried to swim across it, and I mean, it's flowing, but it, it don't look like it's flowing that much. But I mean, at one point he jumped in, and when he was, he was over there, and when he got to the other side, he was over there. That's right. And I just was watching him thinking, man, if he went under, and there was like a whirlpool, like there's nothing I can do. I can't swim very good if at all, really. And I, there's nothing I can do for you. Get in that, when you get mixed up in that evil, when you try to swim across the Mississippi, you're not going to make it. That's right. The devil says, oh, just play, you're just going to play in the shallows. Just going to play in the shallows. You're going to end up in the middle, in the whirlpool, swept away. But it's headed for its final destination in the Gulf. So there's a great tide of evil flowing to the land. And its final destination is the lake of fire into which Jesus will cast death and hell and everything in them. He's going to throw that all that evil into hellfire one day. But also, just like the Mississippi River, this is what God spoke to me today. There's one thing that keeps and one thing that restrains evil from wreaking havoc everywhere completely. And it's called the levee. And I want you to know God's got a levee. It's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, which restrains evil in this hour. And people who are standing in the Lord Jesus are part of that church, friend. And they're part of that levy that's holding back the tide of evil. Amen. We're a right. voice in this hour for God. We're a voice to stand up against that evil. Man. We're part of that church, the great bride of Christ. And I want you to know Jesus is going to return for a friend. Don't you doubt it. And when he does, it's going to be a pure church. And it's going to be standing on the rock of ages, friend. Yeah. It's not going to be moved. It's not going to be walking right. to the left or to the right or wavering at all, friend. It's going to be standing and standing firm. You know, I thought about how that levy has stood for many years. But there's stories, I believe, in the, uh, the 70s. I can't remember exactly. But you can go look up where there's been places where that levy has fallen away. And when it did, it caused great destruction. And I thought, who knows? Only God really knows. But perhaps it was just a very small crack. But for years, that water pounded and pounded and ate away and ate away. And there was no one there to make up the gap. There was no one there to keep filling in and to stand. And one day, friend, it exploded. And when it did, it caused much destruction. Right. I got news for you here. We could be the crack here tonight. God, we're part of the levy, friend. That's a, this church is part of the great church of the Lord Jesus. We're a little spot in that levy along the great river. And I want you to know something, friend. If we don't stand and we're the crack in the levy, it might just bust. And God will have no voice in this community. Don't you underestimate the power of God Almighty. Us preaching on the streets at all these little gas stations, preaching on the street in, 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 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, giving out tracts on the, on the job site. All of them. God is using us to stand against the evil. Amen. It all started with a small crack. And Brother Mike, how do we avoid becoming? How do we avoid becoming like the failed levy? Well, very briefly. Amen. We're just getting started. 
two things I'm standing in the midst of this wicked and adulterous generation. You better know what you're standing on, friend. Yeah, right. If you don't know what you're standing on here tonight, you're not standing. Amen? That's right. You better know what you're standing on. And it's not, friend, it's not a, a, a faint idea. It's not rhetoric. It's Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his gospel and his word. Yeah. It's not memorizing scripture, although that's good. It's not memorizing the rhetoric or the catechism. It's not learning how to be a good CFF member. But it's knowing the Lord Jesus Christ oh, for him. Yeah. And that can only be accomplished in each and every individual's life. Personally, I can't know Jesus for Daniel. Richard. I can't know Jesus for Timothy Keaton. I can't know Jesus for Jordan Williams. But I know I can't know Jesus for Micah John Williams. The only way I am going to know Jesus is if I choose to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Colossians that you have therefore received Jesus or received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You look at an example of someone who knew the Lord Jesus Christ. An Old Testament example is Daniel. You know, we think of Daniel, and we think of Daniel in the lion's den. But I want you to know, friend, the lion's den was not his first victory. You can say, oh, well, oh, but God will give me grace, Brother Micah, to stand in the in front of a bunch of lions that are hungry, and they won't eat me. Yes, he sure will, friend. But I want you to know, Daniel didn't just wake up one day, put his pants on, and decide that he was going to go in there and face hungry lions. He was a young man once. And the Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's yes, meat, sir. nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I want you to know you want to, you better request of the prince, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you'll not defile yourself. You better purpose in your heart that you're not going to defile yourself. Yes, sir. All right, amen. Another example in the New Testament, Mary sat at the Lord Jesus' feet. There's three things that you're, if you're going to know Jesus, there's three things. You got a purpose, number one. Yes, in your heart, you're going to know it. Amen. I'm going to know it. I'm going to get to him or else. You'll be like that lady in the, the, with the issue of blood. I'll crawl. I'll do whatever I got to do, but I'm going to touch the hem of his dormant. Well. Secondly, you've got to sit at his feet. You're going to have to put aside was, was what Martha was doing in that store. We all know the story. Martha covered about with many things. She came to Jesus and wanted him to rebuke her sister because Mary sat at his feet. But he rebuked Martha and said, Mary has chosen that one thing needful. Do you think that he really thought Martha was wrong for cleaning? No, I believe that there was things that Martha was doing that she was called to do as a woman. But the problem was she had exalted all that above, sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus and learning of him. That's right. Friend, when we begin to exalt work, family, marriage, or what no marriage, whatever it is, if it's not the will of God, if you exalt it above the Lord Jesus, then you're not sitting at his feet. We're going to put aside time. It cost Mary time. It cost her things that she could be doing that were lawful. But she had to put aside time to seek his face and to know him. Thirdly, we see John laid his head on Jesus' breast. You know, I used to read the book of John when I was younger, and it said that John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I would always be like, well, 
That's just what John thought, because John wrote that. But then I got a little older and I realized, <laughs> I realized that was a bad interpretation because, because this was the word of God that was inspired by God. So I was like, well, that is, that is inspired by God. So, wow, so Jesus did love John. Sounds like Jews had a favorite. And I remember it bothered me for a little while. And I'll never forget, I was young, and, and, and you know, it may seem stupid to you, but to me it was a big deal because I was just like, man, I, I, I thought Jesus didn't have any favors. It's really kind of a bummer because he did have favors. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, I never had a favorite out of any of those disciples. All 12 of them could have known me just as much as the last one. Friend Judas knew, was acquainted with Jesus as well as John was. But the difference between Judas and John and the difference between Peter and John, friend, was Peter sat across the table and told John, hey, won't you ask him something? Whereas John laid his head on Jesus' breast and hung on himself and said, Lord, is it I? Lord, who is it? Well, friend, if you're going to stand in this, if you want to be Peter, who sat across the table declaring he wouldn't give up on Jesus, I'll be with you to the end, Lord. But he wouldn't lay his head on Jesus' breast. And he found himself denying the Lord over and over again. But if you're going to stand, you're going to have to be like John and humble yourself and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So we see three things if you're going to know Jesus and know what you're standing on. You must purpose to know him. You must want him. You must fellowship with him like Mary. You must humble yourself like John. Number two, the standing of which we speak here tonight, that God's trying to talk to us about here tonight. It's not a passive standing, friend, but rather an active, willful choice to place ourselves in Jesus and keep ourselves in Jesus until, friend. And that until is going to be either when the trumpet sounds and I'm alive and I go to meet him in the air or until I die and I meet him that way, friend. But either way, I'm going to keep myself in Jesus. Like I believe it's in Jude or maybe it's in Peter, keeping yourselves in the love of God. I believe it's Jude. But that's part of what we got to do. We've got to keep ourselves in the love of God. In, in, in the, and the Bible says, in Samuel, moving on here, Amen. It's not a passive standing. It's an active standing. You've got to take a willful. You got to. You got to make a willful choice. Amen. It can't right. be just. It's not like oh, I'm gonna just lay. You know that thing because. The Spirit is the only place that you can be walking, running, and standing all at the same time. Amen. 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 You can be walking in Jesus. You can be flying like an eagle, rising above, like the Bible says, and you can be standing on the right. rock of ages. Amen. Amen. You can't do that in the natural. But in the natural, standing may suggest to some a lazy uh, posture of, of uh, a lazy posture, a posture of holding the shovel on the construction site. As so many of us know that's the stupid joke, you know. But that's not what God's talking about. When he when Paul brings up the admonition, it's speaking of armor and that, as if you're running into a battle. Right. Yeah. I believe a perfect description of standing is in 2 Samuel 23 and 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Horite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. You know, that wasn't his first rodeo, probably. There was a lot of practice 
a lot of use of the sword, a lot of use of the weapons that he had been given and ordained to use and learned how to use to stand and defend that ground. And I want you to know lentils are, are, are just peas, you know, simple old peas. I don't even know if they're peas. They're just they're something to eat, amen? And they're kind of like peas, I guess, is what you could call them. But basically, it may not seem that important. That's, you know, that's what the devil would want us to do. It's just a patch of peas that you're defending here. But I want you to know he saw the importance of defending that patch of peas. And he stood in the midst of it. And he defended it for God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're a busy poor brother. You're in the King James Bible. Just a patch of peas. I want you to know this patch of peas God wants to use. Look, that's in the Bible. Yeah. A little did he know when he was defending that ground that God was going to say he was a mighty man and he was going to write about it in his word. We also see Paul brings up armor, which presupposes we're going into battle. It's a fight, amen? It's, not, it's a willful choice to fight against the enemy and stand on what we've been given. We've been given great blessings, right. great truth. God has blessed us with much knowledge, even much understanding. And hopefully if we press in, God will give us great spirituality continually in our midst. Amen? Yeah. But we're going to have to fight for it. Right. We're not just going to receive this and go on our passive way and just do what we want in our life and expect to continue to have what we've been had here. Amen? Yeah. I mean, you can't expect to stand if you're not willing to fight. The Bible says in Revelation 3.21, To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father on his throne. Amen. I want to sit with Jesus on his throne. Amen. Amen. Oh, I can't wait for that when Jesus returns. You ever just meditate on that? Amen. I tell you, since Brother Charlie preached on him, well, I'm ashamed to say I didn't meditate on this much. But I tell you, since he's preached on the return of Jesus, I, I just I meditate on it sometimes. I just think, man, what a day that is going to be. Amen. I can't get the Bible. I was just, I have not seen or ear heard what God has done. I'm not the one. So I believe we're going to have a new earth and a new heaven. It's going to be a new earth. Amen? Yeah. But if, but what, a, what a glory. If this one was good and this one was perfect and, and, and it's only been ruined by the sin of man, how much more will it be a better and perfect world in the Lord Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Let's not be weary and well done. Amen? Amen. With due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Amen? Right. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand here tonight. I love Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Yes. Let's love him one more time before we leave here tonight. Lord, help us to stand. We do need you here tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray this word will find good ground, Lord. Oh, let the seed of your word fall upon the hearts, Lord, that are ready to receive it. In my heart, Lord, in my brother's hearts, Lord, that we would be stirred within ourselves, God, to stand, Lord. To stand in the gap, Lord, for those who are lost. To stand in the gap for those who are weaker, Lord. To stand, Lord, in the gap for our families, Lord. To rise up and be the men you've called us yes, to be, Father Jesus. God. Pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to yes, be Lord, determined, purposed within our heart like Daniel. Not to be defiled with this yes, world and the filth that's in it, Lord. But that we would separate yes, ourselves yes. under the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. That you would find within us, Lord, a remnant of men and women, Lord, willing yes. To love you and serve you yes. and give everything yes. for you. May you have your way in our midst, Lord Jesus, as we go from here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise yeah. God. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow night in the world. You're